Sup freaks, it's your boy Marty Ben here to introduce this rip of rabbit hole recap. It was live at the Bitcoin 2021 conference. Sorry for getting it out a little bit late. I'm going to have two RHRs this week. Let's look at it that way. As you can tell, my voice is a bit hoarse. Probably sound a bit slow, a bit lethargic. It's been a week. It's been a week. Been a hell of a week. It's a great time down here in Miami. It's time to get back to real life. This rip was brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App. Cash App something you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, sell sets. If you so please, we're saying sets, 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 sets. Because sets are the standard. There's 100 million sets in a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to stack a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to stack a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can stack whole sets and sets. Cash App allows you to DCA in a set. You can buy daily, weekly, bi-weekly. Set it and forget it. Hit the boost card. Let's it go. Use your cash app wherever Visa is accepted. You swipe the card. Sometimes they have boost with partner merchants. You get cash back. Stack sats with that. Cash app can even be your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers. So you can direct deposit your paychecks into the app if you haven't done so already. Make sure you download the app using the codes. And when you do use the code stacking sats, it's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S, you're going to get $10 and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. <laughs> this rip was also brought to you by our very, very good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained big news this week. $25 million. Series A round led by Nidig. Had a good time with the team over the weekend. Very good vibes. Unchained is doing incredible things. They're leveraging Bitcoin's native properties, particularly their multi-seek properties, to bring peace of mind to their customers. All right, and you freaks get a special offer for their white glove concierge service. It's going to take you from zero to a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a multi-seek vault in no time. All right. Again, Unchained is leveraging Bitcoin's native properties, particular, particularly multi-seek to give their clients a collaborative custody model that allows you to hold two keys in a two or three multi-sig quorum. Uh, you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. Since you hold two keys, you always have control. You can always sign two of the three keys needed to move your sats out of the multi-sig wallet. But Unchained is always there with that third key and that collaborative custody model to help you out if you're in a pinch and you only have one key on you. White Glove Concierge Service is going to take you again from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks in a multi-sig Vault, uh, and the way this works is you're going to have multiple video conference calls with the Unchained team. They're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig, how it works uh, with uh, their multi-sig Vault particularly, and how that product works. They're going to send you some hardware wallets. They're going to get you comfortable uh, producing private-public key pairs uh, and securing your seed phrase. And then on top of that, making sure that you have your derivation pass uh, saved when, you're, when you set up your multi-sig Vault. You're gonna, they're gonna get you comfortable with all that, and then they're gonna help you set up your vault. You're gonna get a two or three volt set, two or three multi-sig vault set up. And then boom, once you're comfortable, thousand cuck bucks in there. You're gonna get fifty dollars off if you tell them that TFTC sent you. We have a special link to this in the show notes, so go check it out when you get a chance. Um, yeah, Unchained doing great things, incredible content. I'm very excited to see where they take their business after this latest round. This rip is also brought to you by our good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is also leveraging Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties to bring you freaks a lending product. Lend at Hoddle Hoddle. 
is here, all right? It allows you to to basically use Bitcoin as collateral. Not basically, it allows you to do this. You lose, you use Bitcoin as collateral to get a Bitcoin back loan. It's non-custodial. Barring between users is peer-to-peer. It's global. It's anonymous, and it's on your own terms. If you're short funds, you don't need to sell your Bitcoin. Get some liquidity by borrowing. Use your Bitcoin as collateral. And the great thing is that you don't need to entrust someone with your funds. Again, they're leveraging Bitcoin's multi-sig properties. You hold one key. Your counterparty holds one key. HODL HODL holds that third key. Since you have one key in that 203 multi-sig quorum, you can't move your funds out whenever you like, but you have visibility into the wallet so you can make sure that your funds are not being rehypothecated. Beautiful thing. You put Bitcoin up as collateral. You get stable coins as liquidity and go spend those how you, how you wish. As long as you're paying back your loan, uh, you're going to get those stats back at the end of the day. And again, you have visibility into them since you have one of the two or three multi-sig keys needed. Uh, also, if you have stable coins laying around, you're looking to get some returns, you can go to the other side of that order book, put those up to be lent out to get some yield on that. So create your offers and set your own terms on lend.hodlhodl.com. That's lend.hodlhodl, L-E-N-D dot H-O-D-L. H-O-D-L dot com. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by good friends at brains.com. Edward Evenson. Sorry we didn't hang out. Sorry we didn't hang out at the conference. I missed you. You missed me. We had some we had some miscommunication there. I'm gonna make up for it one day. I don't know. Maybe you should too. Maybe it was your fault. But brains, this is not about me and Edward. This is about brains. Brains is here doing incredible things. They're the team behind Slush Pool, um, which is the l- longest running mining pool, the first ever mining pool in Bitcoin's existence. Uh, but here we're but to talk about the Brains OS Plus Manager. It's uh, a platform that allows you to monitor your miners running Brains OS Plus firmware. So if you have a big mining operation and all your miners are running Brains, uh, Brains OS Plus Manager is going to enable you to uh, control uh, to monitor your <clears throat> excuse me to monitor your your operations remotely. You don't have to be on site twenty four seven, dealing with all that uh, uh, maintenance and stuff like that. You can monitor from the comfort of your own home on multiple devices from your laptop, your tablet, your phone, whatever tickles your fancy. On top of that, they're leveraging Stratum V two for this uh, miner manager. So uh, all these uh, Brains OS Plus firmware runners are are going to be able to um, send their data to the pool in in an encrypted fashion, all right? So it uh, reduces the chances for man in the middle and eavesdropping at jacks. It's very important. You don't want people jacking your hash rate. Brains OS Plus Manager makes it so people can't jack your hash rate. Make sure you're getting all the sats that your hashes are producing. Brains OS Plus is here for you, okay? Uh, On top of that, what else is on top of that? Oh, it's going to be free. It's free and it will always be free for Brains OS Plus firmware runners. Uh, so go check that out. And on top of that, Slush Pools supposed to be coming out with a big announcement about a big upgrade. Uh, they're going to f- change the the payout schemes, the flexibility, the thresholds. They're adding dark theme so it's easy on the eyes. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Go check all of this out at brains.com. That's B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. B-R-A-I-I-N-S ns.com and if you want to check out everything about the brains os plus manager for your farms go to brains b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com slash blog 
and check out the Brains OS Plus Manager Launch blog post. I hope you freaks enjoy this. I know I did. It was great to meet everybody in Miami, really. It's always really a little overwhelming and crazy meeting freaks in person because there's so many of you and you're so fucking awesome. I love you guys. Love all y'all. Enjoy. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. Live rip. These live rips are different. We, we have a few uh, items on the list that we're going to talk about, then we open up the Q&A, make it a little interactive. But first, we have to start. Matt, 200K by conference day. What is up, Miami? <laughs> you guys failed us. We're supposed to be at 200K today. Not too far off. We're not too far off. Should we... So last time we did a live show at Bitcoin was at the Bitcoin conference was Bitcoin 2019. We forced everybody to market by at a local top. Yeah. If we do that this time, it's going to be a local bottom. A local bottom. top of like 12k. So congratulations, guys. <laughs> I thought we'd at least be at like a humble like 130, you know? Yeah. So what do you think of this week so far? Dude, it's been a fucking whirlwind, huh? Yeah. It's great to see everybody. I mean, this is by far the biggest Bitcoin conference I've ever been to. Biggest Bitcoin conference that's ever happened, yeah. period. A lot of big news this week. Um, I don't have Clark's dashboard up on me. We, we made a list, but there's no way for us to hold the list in front of us, so we're going to wing this one. Yeah, so where should we start? Should we start with rants, or should we start? No, we should start with the IndyCar. Okay, how was that? You were there. What was the experience like? We made it, guys. <laughs> Absolutely fucking unreal. <laughs> what? What was it like on the track? What was the vibe? What were people looking at the Bitcoin? Vibes were high. Vibes yeah. were high. It was the most popular car on the track. Um, before I forget, at 1:30 after this, Jack and the racing team will be on the main stage. So you guys should all make sure you migrate over there to give them support. Um, but it was ridiculous. You know, we were there with Saquon, Saquon, and Russ, and Jessica, and we just had this whole entourage, and we're just everyone was just looking at the Bitcoin car. It was the only car that mattered. None of the other cars had crowds around them. They all thought we worked for Bitcoin. Is it better than the Doge NASCAR? The Doge NASCAR, the driver didn't believe in Doge. The owner of the car didn't believe in Doge. It was cool that it was a community-funded effort, and they paid for it. But this is different. This is, they're all in. They're, they're going yeah, for it. So they're Bitcoiners. So, like, how did that work out? He dropped all the sponsors, right? And well, he still has secondary sponsors on the car. Mm -hmm. But the main flagship sponsor is the Bitcoin car. And it's completely run by donations. So they take, uh, I believe they take 30%. And then the donations go to open source dev. 70% um, goes to open source dev. Yeah. So completely funded by SATs. Um, all of a sudden, they now have this global audience. You know, you never take on a sponsor and get fans because, like, you have the PNC bank car or something, you know? But with Bitcoin, like, they're buying the merch. It's going to Africa. It's going to South America. It's going to Russia. They're like, we didn't know we had fans over there. Yeah, it's massive. It's incredible to see. Like, 
the philanthropy around like Bitcoiners like, that just want to give back, maybe that's a good segue into one topic that we had on the list, which is the HRF, Human Rights Foundation. They gave out a bunch of grants this week uh, since we last recorded. They got some Square Crypto. Who else got some grants? You don't, he, Matt doesn't know. I'm, I, right after this, I'm doing a panel on open source grants too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I should look into that. But yeah, the grants are flowing. One of the cool things is HRF is partnering with them. I believe that's where the donations from the IndyCar go, is over to HRF. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. The, um, another cool thing that happened this week, let's talk a little tech. Did you see the Satoshi.radio? No, I missed that. You missed it? All right. So explain it to me in the freaks. All right. The goal of Bitcoin is to make it as robust as possible against state attacks or attacks from nefarious actors. And one way to make Bitcoin more robust is to increase the avenues through which individuals can relay transactions. And so uh, a team from Brazil announced uh, earlier this week that they had successfully routed transactions uh, off the moon. They used radio waves to bounce a transaction off the moon. First they did like a PSBT, they encoded it, into Morse code. You got the acronym right, freaks. Yeah, I did, I did. So they encoded it in the Morse code and then they sent the Morse code signal via radio wave off the moon, bounced it down to another node that received it, received the Morse code, decoded it, and then the receiver was able to sign the transaction and accept the Bitcoin. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and so this is, this is a way to make the, the P2P layer of Bitcoin more robust uh, against attacks. And so when people say, ah, oh, Bitcoin's never gonna work, you're gonna shut down the internet, the governments will just shut down the internet. We can literally bounce transactions off the moon, which is pretty insane. It's a great headline too, Bitcoin hits the moon. Yeah. And then crashes by conference day. Right? Uh, that, I mean, that is one of the biggest lines of FUD. It's like China controls Bitcoin, uh, the energy FUD obviously, we'll get into that. And the corporate then, mining FUD. Corporate mining FUD, There's, <laughs> what'd you think of that talk? I wish you were here for it. I was here for it. The one that just, oh, you were at the tail end for it, yeah. yeah. No, I was watching it in the, in the Uber over as well. Oh, so, yeah, so you saw about the clean coins. Yes, yes, yes. How their coins are gonna be worth more. Yeah. Fred coin. What do you think about that? Go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael Hawaii coming with the, with the angels envy. Oh, it's gonna be a water rip for me, Michael, but I guess not. Responsibly drinking beer. No one ever got drunk off a six-pack. Yeah, it is, but it's interesting. You have Kevin O'Leary there moderating a, a panel, virtue signaling about green coins. Do you think he really understands what's going on? <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about this a lot on the show for the last couple months now. I know a few of you are getting annoyed that we're talking about it so much, but I think it's truly important. Like, this is a potential way to bifurcate the Bitcoin network and create second-class citizens in the mining industry specifically. Um, and like I've been saying over the last few months, it's not gonna hurt Bitcoin, it'll just hurt the mining industry here. And like this narrative becoming more pervasive is just, it's annoying and it could be dangerous too. It's mostly marketing bullshit unless there's a significant amount of hash behind it, right? Right. Yeah, and it's, I mean, wasn't the Marathon guy saying he's like gonna make sure they're using only clean energy and they're using coal? Like, You know better than me. Like, they're using coal. And then they're not mining for themselves either. They have to allocate their miners to a hosting facility. So they're actually not building a mining operation. They're just buying miners, at least for some of their operations. It's all very annoying. 
I agree. I agree. I think yeah. we should stay critical as a community, especially of large corporate miners and big mining facilities. They're easier to regulate. Um, Marty will be the first to tell you that we need highly mobile miners that are off the grid. Uh, we need to distribute mining as much as possible. We don't want it in a single country, whether that's China or whether that's America. Um, but I think it's also important for people to realize that most of this is just marketing bullshit. Like, of course, they want their coins to sell for more. Good luck actually getting that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there was one thing, Jason Les from Riot, big fan of Jason, he said at the end, it's like, this is all economics driven. Miners are going to go to the lowest cost energy source. Could potentially be renewables in some cases, but I don't think we should pigeonhole ourselves into renewables. Disclaimer, work for Great American Mining. Like, what we're doing at Great American Mining, we, we use gas and it's cheap. Like, we found a cheap energy source. Uh, you work for Great American Mining? Yeah. I, I, this so is it's an announcement at Bitcoin 2021. So let's switch to a more positive topic. What's that? Um, we had the mempool clear. Ah! Let's go. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know if we should be, I don't know if we should be cheering this. We should be cheering it because Matt said it would never do and we get to rub it in his face. But, so that's, I wrote about it earlier this week. If you looked at the transaction count, when the mempool cleared, it hit its lowest point since October of 2018. What do you, what do you glean from that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, get your coin joins in while it's cheap. Um, I still expect a fee market to develop. I don't think we're like out of that paradigm, but we'll see. Um, Bitcoin community is so small that they all come to Miami and no one transacts. <laughs> and then the other weird thing to me was the big difficulty adjustments, right? Yeah, we've had very volatile difficulty adjustments over the last three. I think it was like minus 15, plus 25, minus 19 yeah, or something. Three like double that. digits in a row. Yeah. Which like fucks around with the mempool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, but like, what do you think about that low transaction count? Do you think that's because people just got blown out on leverage and they're like afraid to trade? And It's weird to me. It's weird to me because in a bull market. Are we in with, a bull market? With, with, with Chinese, with the, all the Chinese fud about the Chinese miners running away and like unplugging their hash and stuff, uh, with this conference going on and all the attention it's bringing with the IndyCar, conf, with the IndyCar uh, event, um, it's pretty crazy not to see the mempool. So yep. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there'll just never be a fee market. Well, okay. One sat per byte will confirm forever. Maybe, but like, could it be like transaction batching? You think uh, economic actors are getting more efficient? You think you'll never know? Lightning? It's not lightning. <laughs> Matt Hill screaming from the crowd that lightning is, uh, could it be lightning? I've been using lightning a lot. That's true. I do use lightning when I do transactions most of the time. But you still need to open a channel and close a channel to use lightning, right? It should, like if anything, the cool part about lightning is that it creates like a base reserve demand for block space, I feel like. It, it creates like a... You know, you open a channel at 15 sats per byte or something, and you don't care if it confirms within a couple weeks because you're just thinking long term. Uh, I also think that's one of the cool parts about CoinJoin, uh, is it's just base reserve demand for block space. Um, so maybe the issue is that you guys just aren't opening enough channels and you're just not CoinJoining enough. Yeah. Speaking of CoinJoining, I heard uh, Lisa from Blockstream was giving a talk on Sea Lightning last night talking about the dual funded channels and opening. So like opening a channel lightning network using a dual funded channel, you can also work coin joins into that some, in some fashion, which is a pretty cool concept. I don't know the mechanics of it, but 
In general, I would like, well, I guess like a dual fundal channel is kind of a coin join itself because you have an input from each person and they combine together. It's like P to EP. But it'd be cool if we had every lightning channel open and closed was a coin join. How would you make that happen? Which I think is like doable with Taproot, but I'm not sure. Yeah, speaking of Taproot, we get to rub this in your face too. It looks like it might, it might lock in. Do you think we're going to see some fuckery between now and the next difficulty? The only prediction I'm upset about is the 200K by conference day. <laughs> you guys failed me on that. If, if Taproot locks in, I'm a happy camper. If the mempool is, is clear and you get one sapper bites, that, that's good too. Like, we needed a little bit more time there. Like, I prefer if the fees didn't go out of control so quickly, anyway. Yeah. So, for anybody in the crowd who's unaware, uh, Bitcoin Network is currently attempting to activate Taproot, which has been a, a long talked about upgrade to the protocol that would uh, improve scriptability and enable uh, more uh, privacy ways to use Bitcoin in a private manner, in a more private manner, um, and make it, make it more efficient as well. And so we're currently in the process of that activation process, the speedy trial. Uh, and what you need is 90% of miners to signal that they're ready to activate within a difficulty adjustment. And this current difficulty adjustment so far, I believe we're over 1,000 blocks in, or more than that even, 97.55% uh, are signaling. And you can check that out at taproot.watch. Still might not happen, though. <laughs> what would have to happen? Are you... Do you, like, you think BTC.com, F2 Pool are going to start? Mean, someone can fuck around. F2 Pool is my, my favorite for fucking around. Yeah. Because they've done it in the past. They have a history. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're going to do it this time. I, I do have some insider Chinese miner data as well. Reliable sources. <laughs> <laughs> now, it appears that in Sichuan, they're going to allow them to use the hydro dams to mine for a little bit. That's what I'm hearing. So it was all bullshit? It, no, it wasn't bullshit. It was like, uh, it was... There was like a lack of knowledge, and they're just trying to get some clarity. So on the, on the conversation about miners and Taproot, we had Marathon come out with their press release, <laughs> right? That was, that was in between the last RHR, I believe. They bent the knee. Ish, right? Yeah. There's st it still says OFAC compliant block on everything, and they're not signaling uh -oh. Taproot yet, right? We got, we got Edward Evenson in the crowd. Did you bring your whip? <laughs> Ugh. I just want to say thank you to all the freaks for being here. This is fucking cool, guys. Yeah. No, we love doing this. This is like one of our favorites. It's it's crazy. Like getting, uh, being able to meet everybody in person, everybody walking out. It's a little overwhelming, but it's like it's a really tight knit group we have here. There's freaks everywhere, dude. I know. There, I just had one from Tel Aviv introduce himself to me. Uh, yeah, Freak Nation is strong. We're global. It's uh. But it's what it's all about, too. Like, you have Kevin O'Leary on the main stage, uh, shilling green coins. We're out here in the 90-degree heat talking about the good stuff. So thank you for uh, weathering the heat with us. Matt's already very sweaty. <laughs> That's true. They're using, the AC is a waste, right? Yeah, it is a waste. Yeah, Kevin O'Leary was using air conditioning in there to give his talk. He didn't need to use a mic. He could have screamed louder. That was a waste of energy. Nailed it. So another thing, fundamental Bitcoin thing this week, I don't know, it wasn't really m much talked about outside of, I saw John Attack, Bitcoin core contributor, talking about it yesterday. Speaking of which, John Attack uh, is currently looking for, for grants. Think about it, OpenSats. He's already applied to OpenSats. We're going to uh, hook him up. Okay, look, look into it. But he was ta sharing news out of Lebanon that apparently the Lebanon, Lebanese Central Bank uh, is not allowing Lebanese citizens to withdraw 
uh, or they, they've changed the peg to the US dollar from like 3,900 of their local currency. And so there's riots in the streets of Lebanon right now. Essentially like a bank confiscation happened earlier this week in Lebanon. Hate to see it. Hate to see it, but it's like, this is why we Bitcoin. Like these people are hitting the streets, literally tearing down banks, throwing rocks through windows because they're so enraged because overnight the bank just decided, no, your money is not, we're devaluing it literally immediately. There's people waiting in lines at ATMs because it went, uh, went live Thursday. So they were waiting in lines at ATMs till midnight on Wednesday. And then right after that, they started rioting. And so it's just a, a fundamental that highlights the value prop that Bitcoin has. Like you have Bitcoin, you hold your keys, you validate with your own full node. That can never happen to you. This is why we're here trying to spread this message this weekend. And it's insane that we have 12,000 people here like spreading a message of freedom at the end of the day. As Marty likes to say, fix the money, fix the world, right? It's true. It's true. It's uh, hopefully. So what else do we have on the list, Marty? What else do we have on the list? Oh, Bitcoin Design Guide. This is actually a good topic. The Bitcoin uh, Square Crypto launched an initiative last summer, I believe, uh, to get a team of designers together to put that together some guidelines for just some heuristics to use when designing products uh, that interact with the Bitcoin protocol. And as somebody who's um, taken design courses before and like uh, interested in UX and UI, I think it's actually extremely important like we need more designers in the space, good designers, especially for Bitcoin, which is an alien technology and interacting with private keys is a, is a new uh, tendency, I guess you would say, for people. And so designing experiences to make that as simple as possible can go a long way for adoption and underlying value. 100%, specifically while incorporating best practices. Yeah. Uh, so the user doesn't have to really know exactly, they don't have to be a a ride or die freak in order to use Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Kevin! Kevin, come sit up here! Kevin! Be nice, be nice. Kevin, come up here, let's talk. I'll buy your green coins. Show me your green coins, Kevin. <laughs> Did we plan this? No, yeah, we paid them. We paid them in a couple green coins to come walk by mid-episode. Uh, mid ah. Well, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience right there. Yeah. He handled that heckling pretty well. He's a, uh, He's a pro. He doesn't care. Um, yeah, so Bitcoin design guy, what else do we have on the list? We're trying to do this list for memory. Freaks, what are we missing? What has what your, been your favorite talk so far this... Uh, <sighs> This event. I don't know if I want to say favorite, but most impactful was the the Ross Ulbricht. Dude, it had me, man. Right? Fuck. So anybody? The most. That's that's. That was the one. Yeah. If you if you listen to anything, if you missed it, go back. It's it's in the stream. You got to go listen to Ross, man. That's. Yeah. So if anybody here is unaware, Ross Ulbricht was the founder of Silk Road. Um, it was crazy to hear him explain what happened to him. Like, he came out and said, he, like, he, and he admitted like, in the voicemail that he was getting pressured not to do this, right? And to talk about his case specifically. I mean, this has never happened before. He's never done a, a public interview since he's been in jail, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Not a public audio one. Yeah, it was inspiring too. It was a good rally call. 
uh, to, to get a confirmation from Ross from jail that he's very excited with what's going on in Bitcoin and the mission and how it's being fulfilled. They fucking destroyed his life, man. So he's got a double life sentence plus 50 years. I didn't know they tried to give him the death penalty. Uh, are we going to get him out? Yes, damn right we are. Damn yeah. right we are. Right? We got a free Ross. Now, that was the inspiring thing, too. He's, it seems like he still has hope because he mentioned how he's seen other people with, with life sentences get out and makes him really emotional, it gives him, but it gives him a sense of hope that, that he'll get out one day, too. So, he still yeah. believes. He still believes. Good, he should. And we should all be as vocal as possible. Him and Julian Assange as well. We had Gabriel Shipton and John Shipton uh, here yesterday uh, uh, reading a letter from Julian, too. So we had two, uh, I guess, dissidents that are locked up and thrown in prison because the U.S. government didn't like what they were saying. You know, there's a lot of complaints about this uh, festival, but uh, you got you to give credit where credit's due. It's pretty dope that we got both of those in there, and they made it a priority. So cheers to the Bitcoin Magazine team for that. Yeah. Now, go contribute to the Free Ross campaign and uh, the Save Julian campaign, too. Julian, specifically, they've have, uh, that case is getting appealed, and they need help on the defense fund on that, too. Um, so any, if you guys can help out, they're accepting Bitcoin as donations. Um, we got to stand together, ride or die. We do. All right, should we? On a more positive note, Ron Paul was fucking awesome. <laughs> Did he go over his time? Did he have like an allotted hour? Yeah, no, no one was going to ever stop Ron Paul. He could have just filibustered the whole conference and just kept going. <laughs> I love he came on, he's just like... Uh, I asked if there would be any of my friends at the event, and now there's 12,000 of them in front of me. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a legend, man. It's, I mean, he, got, he drove a lot of people towards Bitcoin, and the freedom movement particularly. So it's, uh, it was interesting. He was like, very humble, too. He, like, he made it. He's like, I don't know too much about Bitcoin, but you guys seem to like freedom, and I'm, I'm down with that. So it was a good confirmation. Ron's down with the cause. I was, it was really good to have him here. Yeah. What, uh, el what else has been your favorite talk? But the open source dome, we've been killing it over at the open source dome. We just had, we had BTC pay server over there, full house. And then they walked out to the BitPay tent and held up the, the sign, the famous tweet. <laughs> Trolling the sponsor. Some gorilla, some gorilla uh, meme warfare here. Love to see it. All right, well, go support BTC pay server too. Uh, it's an incredible technology. One of the most important software projects in the space, I believe, so... I thought the Jack Dorsey uh, Gladstein talk was really Ooh. good. Woo! We had Laura Loomer we up there. We had Laura Loomer attack. I mean, it is weird. It's an awkward position, right? Like, there is censorship on Twitter, you know, up here. But did you see he's such a pro? He pivoted into a Sphinx chill. <laughs> right? Uh, no, but it's interesting. It's an interesting position that Jack finds himself in specifically. It's, uh, yeah, it's a weird, I mean, it's, and yeah, I, I think he handled it very well and, like he said, he's going to try and prove it. And we'll wait until that happens to see if Nothing he's actually... Nothing better than a live disclaimer, Cash App is a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> Square pays us. Um, yeah, what else? Should we open up to the crowd? Yeah, what's up, guys? What's up? Push. I'm not doing a shot of whiskey in this heat right now. <laughs> we, have, we both have to go on stage after this, too. We're being, we're being responsible Bitcoiners yeah. up here. What's up, David? Got a question over here? What, what was that? 
No, we're not talking about that one. What is it? Any other questions? I will repeat the question for the audience so they can hear it, but I'm not going to repeat that question. Is Elon insane? Yeah, I think so. You want a, a he's live certainly a narcissist. I mean, you could say that in the very least. I think he's being exposed right now. I think a lot of people are are finding out that he's maybe not be like the genius that people think he is and just a, a fiat grifter. He didn't start PayPal. He didn't start Tesla. Full-time Bitcoin. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> he's a fuck Elon guy now too. So, yeah, I think he's getting exposed. Um, yeah, he was shilling Cumcoin or cum rocket, whatever that coin is, the other day. It's, uh, yeah. We had Unchained announce the massive raise with uh, Nydig. Yeah, Nydig. I, I bend the knee and now I'm pronouncing it Nydig instead of New York Dig. <laughs> so that's 25 million Series A. Disclaimer, Unchained's a sponsor of the pod as well. Congratulations, Unchained. Congratulations, Nydig. Um, Jack Maulers is going to be announcing a fucking huge announcement at 4.15 on the main stage, so don't miss that. Seriously, don't miss that. It's not allowed be... to tell you what it is, but I've been trying to price it in and I've not been effective at it. Good time to stack. Yeah, you might consider market buying. <laughs> um, ransomware narrative heating up? Yeah. The ransomware stuff. So we, we, we talked about the Colonial Pipeline, obviously, a few weeks ago. Now uh, a meatpacking facility, one of the biggest in the country, JBS, I believe, is the name. Uh, they got ransomware, and apparently they had to shut down five of their massive slaughterhouses or plants, and uh, so ransomware is being blamed. Uh, ransomware is the cause of that, and then people are starting to write threads that we need to destroy cryptocurrency because it is enabling ransomware. It's, it's so ridiculous. You never hear people say that cash is the reason that you know people get kidnapped, even though it's... Yeah, I think Austin Storms from the GAN team had a really good uh, tweet about this. He's like, you don't, you don't sell all your bud stock because people are getting in drunk driving accidents, right? Right, it's, exactly. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It's a false narrative. So this is, and that's, that's the other thing. It's, it's a completely wrong way to approach what's going on right now with the ransomware. Like, yes, it's, it's bad that ransomware is happening, and it is a fact that Bitcoin does enable the payments to unlock and decrypt that stuff, but... The focus should be more on, hey, we have this insecure, uh, basically grids, we have these insecure systems that are pervasive throughout our economy, and we should be working to make them more secure. There's too many people running Microsoft for critical functions of their business. Yeah, the cool part, the cool part of ransomware, which might, I might got to take it out of context. The cool part about ransomware to me is usually these, you know, these, these hacking teams, they just steal your information and then they sell your information, you don't even know they got into your, into your servers. But ransomware provides basically incentive for them. It's almost, they're almost like open source contributors. They're like coming in, they're, they're, they're telling you your well, systems are insecure, and they're just doing it with this natural incentive, which is the Bitcoin uh, ransom. Well, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, Eli Duardo is actually like, I think he's like more of an Ethereum guy, but he brought up a very good point or a very good idea. Like these governments, should just put out a bounty program like, hey, we'll pay you ten thousand dollars if you are able to successfully. Yeah, but they get paid the so system. much more for the ransomware. Yeah, it's like white hats for black hats, though, yeah. right? But that's and, what it is. It's like it's like uh, they have bounty systems already, right? Yeah. But this is kind of like a distributed bounty system. Yeah. Is it bad for Bitcoin? Is this going to be a, 
a rising narrative? I think good money is going to be used for all sorts of purposes. And if it can't be used for those purposes, then it's no longer good money. And uh, we should be worried if, and I've been very consistent on, on the show about this, we should be worried if Bitcoin isn't being used for ransoms. Um, because it's the best money that we've ever had. So obviously it's going to be used by good people and bad people. Yeah. Comes with the territory. People get emotional though. They don't, they don't understand the nuance behind it. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to pick up quite a bit. I mean, the, the whole ransomware narrative has been projected by like the World Economic Forum and others for, for a couple of years. They're like, we had Jerome Powell in 60 Minutes earlier this year saying he's more worried about cyber attacks than, than credit risk or inflation. But I mean, he should be worried about, I mean, he shouldn't be worried about cyber attacks, but I think Americans should be worried about cyber yeah, attacks. Yeah, he should always be, but. We're super vulnerable. Like, I don't think that's a narrative. I think we're very vulnerable in, in terms of cyber attacks. How do we fix this? We're just going to keep getting attacked until we fix it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Right? Secure your systems. We have anything else on the list? We do not. We're, yeah. we're listless now. We're just running. We're just running with it. All right. We get to open it up. Sterling. He, he's asking if the circular economy is important enough that we should spend our sats instead of trying to stack as many sats as possible. And I think it's kind of a false question because if you're all in, then uh, all you have left to spend is sats. And the circular economy is ultimately what is going to protect the fungibility of Bitcoin and make us more censorship resistant because it's the KYC on ramps and off ramps that really screw us. Um, but instead of, instead of buying Bitcoin, you earn Bitcoin. Instead of selling Bitcoin, you spend Bitcoin. You have a natural P2P kind of circular economy happen. What do you think, Marty? Yeah, no, I mean, it's like everything. It's nuance, right? Like, I mostly hodl my Bitcoin, but I spend Bitcoin too. We had the beef steak on Wednesday night. I paid Josh in, in Bitcoin. Uh, That's news. We had a senator eating beef with her hands <laughs> at a Bitcoin beef steak. Yeah. It was a star contrast to the Winklevi party. Our queen, Senator Loomis. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, I, I, yeah, I agree. You should, you should do everything. It's a personal decision, right? It's whatever your situation you find yourself in. Maybe more advantageous for you to focus on saving and stacking. Um, but if you're a Bitcoiner, with enough sats to spare and you're willing to pay for goods for it. Yeah, do it. Like, I do it all the time. Like, we, we use it for our VPNs. Um, I use it to pay people when I can. I give it out to, as wedding gifts. So yeah, and I think it's such a good wedding gift, right? It really is. And inside, we have a perfect example of people contributing to the circular economy with what's going on in the esports tent. That's been pretty crazy. Uh, roast beef apparently is running train in there, stacking all the sets. The esports arena over there is pretty cool. It's really cool. Shout out to the uh, Zebedee, Satoshi Games, Mint Gox teams. For, for pushing that part of the industry forward. It's infinitely fascinating, and I, I, it's getting people in, uh, into Bitcoin. Like, I, I don't know if you guys listened to the episode I did with Dez, uh, Christian Moss, and Michael Tidwell, but Christian was explaining that there's, they had a 13-year-old like, El Salvadorian kid win one of their tournaments, and he won like 100,000 sats, 
And he told him, he's like, I made more money doing this than my father makes in a month. It's insane. Like, and so it's getting, uh, it's, it's a way to get Bitcoin into the hands of, of people that don't have access to good money or good jobs to, to make enough money. Yeah, I think people are significantly underestimating the power of sats and games. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, that's going to be one of the biggest drivers of new adoption of Bitcoin, especially in the, in the younger crowd. Uh, and it, to me, it seems like a natural fit. Uh, but uh, my predictions haven't been that hot lately, so uh, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Uh, the other cool thing is the art gallery is really dope. Uh, Tommy from Bitcoin Magazine, like, championed that whole art gallery. Uh, it's just pretty cool to see, like, all this Bitcoin culture kind of evolving, right, right. with us. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, talk on Twitter that this is, this is just like a, a pump event. There's no substance. Where's the substance in this event? The open source dome, right? We had, we had Ross here, and you're going to tell me there's no substance, right? I'm not telling you. I'm saying people are saying that. We have a freak with a question over here. I mean, did you listen to the interview? Oh, so, so the freak is asking if after my interview with Nopara on Citadel Dispatch, it was Nopara and OpenOMS, uh, we had a three-hour talk uh, together on Wasabi and CoinJoins, and he's asking if I still would recommend Wasabi. Um, he's trying to get me into heat over here. Uh, I've been <laughs> drama-free for the last couple of, of days, and it's been nice. Hey. Um, you played nice with Francis on stage yesterday. It was like very, very you know, beautiful at, to see. At, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I was a massive promoter and user of Wasabi. Paid a ton of fees to Wasabi, um, and I, I, I think it's an incomplete uh, coin join implementation. Uh, but I don't. I, I, I think ultimately the most important thing is I, I want you freaks to be aware of the privacy concerns. I want you to be actively seeking uh, better privacy. Um, and if you're using Wasabi, you're already doing, you know, there's, there's 12,000 people at this event. There's like 500 people here that use CoinJoin, period. So let's get those numbers up in general. He's used CoinJoin and you're asking a question. Excuse me, CoinJoin. Well, this comes back to UX too. That's why like, it's, the UX right, around freaks, it. If you run your own node, raise your hand. Oh. Let's fucking go. That's it. Freak Nation's fucking. We have 500 node runners. They're all in this tent right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually crazy. I'm surprised to see that that many of you raise your hand. That's, a good, that's bullish. Bullish as fuck. Very bullish. Market buy. Yeah. Well, it has got a lot. Yeah, we, yeah. Repeat the, repeat the statement. Statement is to facilitate the circular economy, we need to get more people accepting, uh, accepting Bitcoin. Bitcoin, downloading BTC Pay server and doing it. And like, I agree, but this has been a narrative for a long time. Like the merchant adoption was one of like the bullish indicators that was used in like 2015, 2016, if I remember correctly. Well, I think like the last narrative was accept Bitcoin, but they were really just market selling it into fiat. And, and they were KYCing in the process, and now, now a lot of those services even KYC the user who's paying them too. So now the, the merchant and the spender is KYC'd. I think this next 
this next phase is basically being run by BTC Pay Server um, and other open source projects that allow the merchant to just keep Bitcoin. And, and, and that just goes with adoption. You know, as, as we have more freaks out there, as we ha have more Bitcoiners out there, proper Bitcoiners, they're going to want to accumulate sats and they're going to want to hold those sats. And that's real adoption. Everything else before that was kind of, you know, it was kind of like lipstick on a pig. It wasn't real to me. But I think it comes with time. Lower your time preference. <laughs> there we go. KYC is the illicit activity. Really is, though. No, the. Yeah. And I think more people get, like the esports tent, right? It's people accepting Bitcoin. It's gamers accepting Bitcoin and using it and hodling it, right? And I actually think Zebedee announced a partnership with Bitstamp this week, too, right? So to get their users' accounts so they can sell Bitcoin. I missed that. I didn't. Yeah. Is it to convert it to fiat or no? I th make it possible for users. Don't convert it to fiat, freaks. Yeah. Um, we got a question over here. What is the Kevin O'Leary mining panel misunderstanding about the green coin situation? Like, what do they misunderstand? I mean. At the, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's literally everything. He doesn't understand mining, how proof of work works, the probabilistic nature of it, and, and the fact, like, again, as I've been leading into this, like, what is a green coin? Like, define green for me. At what point is an energy source green? Is it when it's a full product and it's, it's a solar panel or a wind turbine and it's not creating any emissions uh, at the, the creation of that electricity? Is that green, but you just discard the whole supply chain before where you need to mine for cobalt, mine for lithium, use coal to produce the panels in the first place? And so, like I've been saying, like, as a mining industry, as somebody in the mining industry, I'm very worried that we're kowtowing to this narrative that's like, hey, you need to be ESG friendly. It's like, well, first let's debate the, the merit of the whole ESG movement and the definition of green technology and whether or not it's a... It's a good framing from which to debate, which I wholeheartedly agree it's not. I think we need to lean into, like, mining is extremely energy efficient. Miners are incentivized to go find wasted and stranded energy sources. And on top of that, like, the green coin, like, the green coin is going to lead to an OFAC compliant coin as well. This is like, the first step towards that. What if I said that all coins were green coins and that Bitcoin's the Green New Deal? Bitcoin is, yes. Every coin's a green coin. Okay, this is how we, all right, narrative go, framing Marty. here. Every coin's a green coin. Bitcoin mining's about conservationism. That's yeah, just annoying. You see, yeah, it's like Kevin, o why is Kevin O'Leary allowed to, like, dictate what Bitcoin miners need to do? I'm telling you, I, I really do feel like a lot of it's just marketing bullshit. Yeah, we're giving him, he's got, he's got real estate in our brain now. Yeah. He should have come on the pod. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Square is making a hardware wallet. That was on the list. We did not mention it. Open source hardware wallet. Open source. So Jack announced yesterday, right before we went on stage with Gladstein and Disclaimer, Square sponsored the pod. You don't have the Disclaimer um, a second time. And yeah, so they're going to make a hardware wallet. They're going to do it out in the open. Uh, Square started as a hardware business, a point of sale system business. So it seems natural uh, that they would get into this particular part of the Bitcoin world to create a dedicated device uh, that allows you to easily store and send coins. So what do you think? What's pretty cool is I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're in, he's in talks with the Spectre do-it-yourself team, the awesome really? team over at Spectre do-it-yourself. I got to, uh, 
I got to fanboy a little bit. I got to meet Ben Kaufman this weekend. I heard um, he had to wait in line. And uh, he, gave me, uh, he gave me a free Spectre do-it-yourself that I didn't do myself. But uh, it's a pretty cool little device, man. Yeah. So what do you, like, you think we need another hardware wallet? Look, at the end of the day, this is like where we're going, right? Multi-sig, multi-vendor. Um, we need more good hardware wallets to fill in that. I, I have freaks reach out to me all the time. Like, I have five SIGs. Which ones do I use? Yeah. And this is not five good hardware wallets. No, I think that's something Jack articulated in his thread, too. It's like, hey, we're not here to eat up market share of other hardware wallets. We're here to contribute and just get more hardware wallets in the hands of more people. That's another thing, too. Like, Rodolfo's talked about, he's, like, his particular wallet has supply chain issues, right? You can't produce enough cold cards for the market. Yeah, I mean, there's supply chain issues everywhere right now. Yeah. In the supply tech chains world. are screwed. It's ransomware and Bitcoin. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. If you're... So how do we feel about Twitter censorship and Jack's involvement in Bitcoin? Is he down for the cause or is he a bit sketchy? That's the question. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, it's a hard predicament. Personally, I don't think, yeah, I don't like what Twitter does at all with the censorship, especially if COVID with all the disclaimers and stuff like that and things that we're finding out a year later were actually 100% true. Um, they were sort of saving face for the CDC, uh, the World Health Organization, and basically just denying people from having open conversation about what the hell was going on and I mean, force-feeding like a great reset narrative on everybody. They, they banned one of the most powerful people in the world. <laughs> yeah. They banned um, Trump. I mean, they should do better. Like, Twitter is fucking up with the censorship, and I think ultimately they're just destroying their platform. Um, there's debates on how much control he has, but I think that's a little bit of a cop-out. Uh, I like Dorsey personally. I think he's a, a, a huge net benefit for Bitcoin. Um, I think we should be ready to slay our heroes <laughs> if he turns on us, but... Uh, Don't yeah. hero worship. Right? Like everything else, there's nuance, there's nuance to everything, but... Yeah. Uh, Specifically, the whole censorship landscape, whether that's Twitter or YouTube or Facebook, I think this is what's going to lead to more open systems, more distributed systems, more censorship-resistant systems, because otherwise, you could just use a centralized system. Like, we talk about Bitcoin all the time. We need to be distributed. We need to be censorship-resistant. But if you can use PayPal and just send money to anyone you want to send it to without them censoring you, then, then Bitcoin's value prop doesn't doesn't shine there because you're going to always pay more for censorship resistance um, and you're going to always have a slightly more difficult experience. So uh, part of the reason I'm so bullish on Bitcoin and so bullish on open systems is because all of our centralized systems are just getting censored left and right and I expect that to escalate. And if you don't expect that to escalate, then you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And he sort of, on stage after he got called out, he sort of alluded to like adver advertising pressure, right? I missed that. Yeah, it's what he, like, he's cryptically alluded to like advertising pressure, so there's money behind. And he said he's working on, what is it, uh, Blue Sky. Yeah, open... but that's been like a couple of years, supposedly, yeah. right? He said, yeah, he said it himself. But yeah. He can't prove it until he does it, so just be skeptical until that comes out. Yeah, like, and, and with that being said, like, he can't control Bitcoin, right? And that's why I think he realizes that, and that's why he's focused on open source development initiatives and 
not trying to force anybody, anything on the market from Square or Cash App. It was pretty powerful when he said, if I wasn't working at Square or Twitter, I'd be working on Bitcoin. Yeah. And if I thought Bitcoin needed me more than Square or Twitter needed me, then I would leave and work on Bitcoin. And I really think he meant that. Like, I don't think that was a, a, just a, a quote line to put on the headline. And I, I, you know, he flew out, he flew out to Miami for this um, in-person conference, yeah. which let's be honest, guys, like, we're one of the few that doesn't think this is absolutely insane. Like, I assume there's a bunch of normies that are like, the pandemic's happening. Like, why is Jack coming out here? Why are all these people coming out here and supporting an event um, in this situation, right? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is funny seeing the internet space collide and meet. I mean, Laura Loomer got banned from Twitter, and she came and confronted the CEO of Twitter. Like, she definitely used a fake name, right, when she signed up for a ticket? I don't know. <laughs> You'd know better than I. I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? It's like the repercussions that come with it. Like you're going to censor, people are going to get angry and react. And deservedly so, I would say. She's obviously a bit obnoxious, but she did get banned. You got any more hard questions for us, freaks? Is there anything we disagree on? 200K by conference day. I was not down for that. <laughs> Marty believed it. Guys, we all believed it. We disagree on a lot. That's what makes the show great. Yeah. Anybody? Come closer, we're not gonna be able to hear you. So it's a question about Great American Mining uh, and flare reduction, like Bitcoin, using Bitcoin mining to reduce flare in the field. What are the incentives behind that and how do producers benefit? All right, so uh, right now we actually have Austin and Reed and Isaac in North Dakota plugging some containers in right now. And they're doing that on a pad that has flare and they want to reduce their flare because if they flare a certain amount, they have to shut down production. Um, and so that case, the, there's a regulatory arbitrage that we're able to take advantage of where these producers are highly incentivized to reduce their flare. So we show up and we say, hey, instead of setting that on fire, sell us your gas at a rate that would make us profitable. Um, so you'll get money for that and we'll help you reduce your flare. Follow-up question, like how are producers participating? So that's, uh, it depends on, on how much skin in the game they want to put up, right? Like it's pretty expensive to build these containers and acquire the miners and actually construct everything and do it in a way that ensures that you have uptime on the field. Um, and so depending on how much you're willing to contribute to that, uh, that, that dictates like uh, the, the profit share, if you will. Uh, but yeah, it's happening and it's a beautiful thing. Again, Bitcoin is really green. We're out there. But again, we do this. It's beautiful because it's, like Jason Les said in there on the panel at the end, it's, it's driven by pure economics. We want to drive our price of electricity down as low as possible. It just so happens the way in which we do that is go when we buy this gas that would otherwise be wasted, so we're able to buy it very cheap. And as a externality of that, we're able to reduce methane leak, which a bunch of people are worried about right now. And on top of that, you're, you're making uh, producers extremely more efficient. You're not wasting these precious methane molecules that you're literally just setting on fire. Um, so I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's gonna be a big trend 
Um, I think over the next decade, Great American Mining specifically is going to be well positioned because we're going to be off-grid. I think there's going to be this mass migration off-grids in the future, which is like another debate that people are having right now. I believe, I did Steve Barber from Upstream Data bring a hash out with him down he, here? He did, and he's selling it. He's like, I'm not bringing it back to Alberta. Let's where, buy it. Where is it? I'm not sure exactly. It's somewhere out there. It's over, yeah, he's giving it away. It's over there. Or it's an auction. I thought it was an auction. Yeah, it's an auction. Yeah, so you can go, and they're, they're donating the proceeds to uh, a bunch of charities. Is that true? I think so, yeah. I didn't want to put him on the spot if that wasn't the case. I love yeah. Steve. We met, I met Steve for the first time this week, Steve too. may be the tallest Bitcoiner I've ever met in my life. He has to be like 6'7". And you said, what's interesting, you don't think he's competition. No, well, I love Steve. I mean, competition in the sense that, yes, we both mine Bitcoin using gas. Number one, there's a ton of gas in North America. And number two, I mean, we learn a lot from each other. I mean, we talk a lot with Steve at Great America Mine, and we love what he's doing. And the industry is so small, you need to band together with people who are ideologically aligned. And Steve, I view, is one of those people that gets Bitcoin mining and the ethos of Bitcoin and uh, tries to implement that into his business and make sure that he's not only running a profitable business, but stewarding Bitcoin in the same way. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely not competition. It's just you guys against the world. Yeah, exactly. I just like to troll you a little bit. I love you, Steve. We got a question right here. You gotta wrap it up, you gotta wrap it up. All right, Elon has a bunch of Bitcoin on the balance sheet. With the question, right? Yeah. yeah, Elon has a bunch of Bitcoin on his balance sheet. Why is that worse? It's not, I, mean, well, I guess it's like a- No, the question is, why are we hating on Elon when he took an S&P 500 company, bought $2 billion worth of Bitcoin, changed the name of his CFO to Master of Coin, and probably holds a bunch of Bitcoin himself, and will that not create this corporate FOMO because he did that, and isn't that a net benefit? Why are we giving him shit, right? Was that, was that a good and paraphrase? Why are we not worried about Chinese good. miners dumping or Chinese companies dumping? Right, whenever compared they come? to why, why is that not, I mean, I, don't, I love that Tesla has Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Anybody can do what they want. Again, like I, I guess the main beef with Elon is that he's trying to basically force his will on the Bitcoin network, right? And, is he testing the network? Yeah, sure, I guess, but um, it's the just test quick, is. Marty, just just uh, Steve Barber is donating a quarter to Free Ross, a quarter to Bitcoin development, a quarter to a Bitcoin startup, and a quarter to a ritualistic coin sacrifice to Satoshi's wallet. Yeah, he's burning some coins, you, dude. Dude, that's fucking legendary. Thank you for telling us that. Um, Sorry yeah, for interrupting. Elon, I guess. It's okay that he holds Bitcoin, but again, like we say, like, don't hold these people on a pedestal and call them out when they do things that you deem as attacking the network, and I guess. Do you think Elon's stacked? 
more. Uh, like I don't personally. care. I don't care anymore. I think he did. I'm tired of it. I think he's been stacking the whole fucking dip. Yeah. I think he's just a bored billionaire that's just on Twitter, just throwing shit around because it's not a securities and he has all these issues with SEC. The Dogecoin shit pissed me off. What about Cum Rocket? And I think he like got locked into it because the top was his Saturday Night Live thing and he just put all these people underwater and now he's like stuck in this fucking, he's a bag holder reputation wise. And he's like kind of stuck in the. Yeah, that was like something going around Twitter yesterday too. People blaming Elon for getting liquidated because he's like moving the price. It's like don't trade on leverage, just stack, and like that's your fault if you get liquidated because of an Elon tweet or something like I didn't that. See that. I think uh, I think as Bitcoin adoption increases, like there's going to be more Bitcoiners we tell to go fuck themselves, right? Like this is a natural. Well, Bitcoin's thing. for enemies, right? Yeah. Like you're just naturally going to have beef with some other Bitcoiners. Exactly. Do we have any other questions? I'm not reading the Genesis block again. I don't have it. I don't have it memorized. Do you have any shout-outs, Marty? <laughs> Matt, <laughs> shout-outs are going to be uh, next week. I couldn't print them out. I had multiple freaks ask me. I was like, "There's no way that Marty has the shout-outs <laughs> on the stage," but I bet a bunch of them tried anyway because the live shout-outs are the. I, I told one of them, I was like, "You have to pay us. You have to give us an index card while we're while we're on stage. Otherwise, yeah. we're not going to read it." Yeah, thoughts on Shamath and the Winklevoss twins. Is Satoshi still the biggest holder? Don't really have too many thoughts about Shamath and the Winklevoss twins. Could give two shits. Uh, I would imagine what, Satoshi Sato is still the biggest holder. Is Satoshi still alive? People say like Mercia Papascu might be the biggest holder in the world. Who is? Mercia Papascu, that nut from the early days. I can days. see that. It might be him. He just disappeared. He's just like a Bitcoin warlord somewhere in the world. Um, and he will be interviewing John and Gabriel Shipton uh, about Julian Assange later. Richard Shipton. Um, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you guys want to come along, find him. Free ad. That was risky. Yeah, so, yeah, no, so the question is, as it pertains to mining, ga uh, mining Bitcoin off of waste gas, is there data out there that uh, basically articulates how much gas is being consumed? And it depends. You'd have to willingly get the miners to uh, share that data. So the data you'd want to collect is the MCF consumed or converted to electricity, the BTU content, uh, how much was being flared before. Long story short, the data is out there. It's willing. It's whether or not um, the, the individual miners share it. At Great American Mining, we do plan on sharing data on the amount of gas that we're consuming and potential methane leak offset we're producing. But that's like the other thing about it. Like not all flare stacks are equal. Like some are very efficient at actually combusting the methane. Some are very inefficient. And so unless you do some like research pre-deployment on the efficiency of the flare stack. It's hard to 
get an exact number so you have to ballpark it, but yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the data's out there. More people will start talking about it. It's just got to ramp up. Crusoe has some data that they share. Um, and I'll, I'll be speaking with Steve Barber and Chase Lockmiller from Crusoe at 345 on the Stack Sad stage about all this stuff. Why are you laughing? We got a physical shout out. Oh, did he pay? He's good for it. Where's the open dime? Um, this shout out's for uh, Ben Price. Did you think he, having four seats was a good idea? You look like you have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's my water. It's for my water. I need a seat for my water, Ben. We were being optimistic just in case we wanted to pull some of you freaks up here. Ooh, we've got Aaron Van Weirdum right here. How's it going, Aaron? Aaron, thank you for all you do. Legendary Bitcoin journalist right here. Good. Don't do the jump. So we've seen some cool projects with Wasabi and coin mixing, built in coin mixing. What are some other projects that you're interested in you'd like to, you're excited for, you'd like to see? Obviously Samurai, obviously Whirlpool. 100%. Final message. Final, <laughs> final message. Heard the operator of that's a really cool dude. That, like, so yeah, like more coin joint implementations. Um, and more, like, so I want to see, in terms of like merchant adoption, I want more people to enable PDEP. I really like pay to endpoint. And so, pay join. Yeah, pay join. It's, a, it's another form of coin join. What we talked about earlier, Lisa and the Sea Lightning team uh, saying that you could implement a coin join with these dual funded channels. I'd like to see more action there. Um, once we get Taproot, which it seems like might happen, um, the, it'll be interesting to see the unique things that could be enabled by that. So just more. We need more. There's a, what is there, like three coin join implementations right now? Yeah, I mean, we have join market. Join market's awesome. I mean, in general, what I want to see is I want to see more mobile wallets uh, with privacy best practices built in by default. Uh, most people in the world are going to be using mobile wallets. I feel like there's a disconnect between the, you know, the Bitcoin dev community and the wider audience about how much demand there is for good mobile wallets. So I want to see more of that. Uh, obviously, we've been very bullish on BTC Pay Server and competing open source projects. You know, we, we, that is ultimately I, is extremely important for privacy because it allows merchants to privately accept Bitcoin and it creates that circular economy. Um, and just in general, uh, it's just really exciting to see this growth in, in open source dev funding uh, in the Bitcoin community and the growth in open source projects in general in the Bitcoin community because we need more of those. Open source projects are extremely viral, they're censorship resistant, they're hard to stop. Um, you know, we have some good startups uh, with their corporate closed source wallets, but at the end of the day, I wanna see as many open source projects as possible and I wanna see, I wanna see Bitcoiners around the world contributing to those open source projects so we can have the world we wanna see for our children. Yeah. And it seems to all be coming together too. Like. Now there's a Bitcoin design guide out there as they're building these products. They can implement those uh, design practices into their products and make the experience easier. It's going to take time. Patience is key. It's not, Rome wasn't built in the day. Neither will like, the Bitcoin ecosystem. Anything else? Uh, you, you already got a question. Should we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah. How long? What's our time at?
It's a solid hour. Solid hour. Well, thank you, Freaks, for joining us. We love doing this. We love all of you. Thank you for coming. Appreciate you all. Big thank you to Bitcoin Magazine for hosting us. Uh, let's go really fucking hard tonight after <laughs> the rest of my responsibilities are done. Uh, and I just love you guys. This is what it's all about. Ride or die, let's fucking go. Yeah. Thank you guys. Peace and love. Oh, my God.